Thanks for joining us for the Changing the Industry podcast, where we try to effectuate change for the better, one conversation at a time. Part of that change is providing help for those that need it. This is why we've partnered with the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Whether it's help with sales, operations, or just getting your numbers in order, these folks are some of the very best in the industry. And for our listeners, they'll sit down with you and go over your strengths, your weaknesses, and the opportunities that are in front of you. They'll create a customized plan for how to move forward absolutely free. That's right, free. And if your plan includes one-on-one coaching, they can also help you with that. There's no hard sales pitch, no obligation, just honest help from honest people. So if that's something that you think could benefit you, make sure you click on the link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. I remember how it used to be. The phone's ringing off the hook. Clients are coming in the front door like crazy. And here comes little technician Timmy. Timmy comes up and he says, hey boss, where's my part? Where you want me to go next? What you want me to do? Gosh, Timmy, if I knew, I'd tell you, buddy, but I am covered up. All of that stopped when I found Shopware. With Shopware, you get an industry-leading expediter right there in the software. It tells you if your parts are here, where your technician should go next, and how much time they have left to complete the jobs in the day. Go to GetShopware.com to learn more. GetShopware.com. Hey everybody, David here and welcome to the ASOG Podcast. You've been listening to this podcast for a while and you've heard us telling you how important it is to get to training events like ITTC where this episode was recorded. Maybe you're a shop owner finally decide to shut down your shop and take everyone to training. Maybe you're a technician that's convinced their owner to do the same. What does the experience of your first big training event even look like? In this episode, Lucas and I are joined by Jeremy and Ashley Joe Bloom, owners of PNW Automotive in Astoria, Oregon. This was their first major training event, and they tell about their experience attending ITTC. Before we get started, don't forget to set this podcast to automatically download the latest episode, leave us a review on your favorite podcast player, and keep an eye out for new content on our YouTube channel. And now, here we go. Introduce yourselves. They know who we are. They feel really <laughs> bad for themselves about it, but um, I'm Ashley Joe. I'm an owner and technician at Pacific Northwest Automotive in Astoria, Oregon. Very cool. Very cool. Jeremy, uh, also owner technician, right? P and W. Very cool. Very cool. So uh, we're here at ITTC. Is that is that the is that the abbreviation? Did you forget where we were? I didn't forget where we were. I forgot the name of where we are. It's on your thing. Oh, you're not even worried. ITTC. Yeah. The iScan Technical Training Conference. Yeah. What do you think, guys? David's flight got canceled. My flight got super canceled. bummed. I am. Super upset about it. He had planned to be out of here way before now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm beginning to think this is his way of not having to clean up everything. He just bounces. I was going to bounce Ooh. even earlier. That's why had I, I left upset. earlier, I'd be on a plane right now. On my way home, but I didn't. Just for you, dear. Just for you. I'm gonna push back this flight as late as I could possibly do it and still get to Kansas City today. I'm sorry. Now I feel bad. 
You don't feel bad. You don't have feelings. It's all dead inside. It's just a oh, black a ball point. dead inside. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Maybe, mate. You know, my wife would probably agree with you. You think so? Probably, yeah. Well, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to murder you. You noticed? You, have you, you waited. Yeah, you waited. Absolutely. Just to make your day a little bit better. So what do you guys think of the training so far? The training's been outstanding. Really, awesome. really have enjoyed the different instructors. Enjoyed talking to the instructors that we didn't take classes from, like in passing. Right. Yeah. It's been like a really personal experience, I think, because it's a smaller group of people. So we've been able to interact a lot more than at the last couple of conferences that right. we've been to. Yeah. And that's that's been a big theme here recently at this event is that everybody's saying, hey, because it is smaller, we're able to talk, we're able to chat. Right. And and it's, I think part of it is because it's not at a hotel, so everybody can't go to their room and chill out yeah. in between glasses or whatever. So I think that helps as well. So, um, and, and you guys are in ASOC, right? Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. He doesn't seem that sure. Do you <laughs> no, know what we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. He's like, Man, I've seen you post. She, yeah. Yeah. She, but not she so spends much. more time on it than I do. That's for sure. Yeah, right. That's true. Right. Well, he's usually doing all kinds of stuff in the shop, to be fair. So. Right. So tell us a little bit about your business. What, what are you guys into with the business right now? Um, we started out actually as transmission specialists, you okay. know, rebuilding, doing internal stuff there. Okay. And we kind of moved more into general. And then from there, just recently, we really moved into the European market. We found when we moved to the coast, there isn't there isn't anybody out there that's even willing to service them. So right. like we're driving from the coast of Oregon into Portland. And I came from the field service engineer industry. I used to work at Intel. So I really like the high-level troubleshooting. So it fits right. my likes. And he's just kind of been along for the ride. I, as I, I came us along that. kicking and screaming. Yeah. Right, whether you liked it or not. Exactly. I've, I've come to embrace it. Finally. Right. <laughs> Well, what aspect? Shop owning? No, the European, <laughs> European vehicles. I don't want to own a shop. Keep working on microchips. This is terrible. <laughs> that got terrible too, though. So did it really? Yeah. Why? Just different different types of people moving into the industry and then changing. What does that mean? Well, they changed kind of the way that the vendor, because I work for Hitachi High Technologies and I've worked for Lamb Research, and they changed the dynamic between Intel. And then the tool owners, the tool vendors, uh-huh. and it just was a lot more abrasive than it was, you know, 10, really? 15 years ago. Yeah. So you were servicing like the factories? Were they? What were you like specifically doing? I serviced like the deposition process of the semiconductor stuff. Okay. So turbomolecular pumps, RF, microwave stuff like that, which is why I really like the European. The schematics are very similar to what I'm used to. Right. So for they're me, nonsensical gibberish. That's and it. missing everything. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I guess we didn't need to know half this information. Like, whatever. You know, Do you I, figure it out? Nobody figures it out. Well, see, I'm used I to think you're posing a little bit. I'm used to proprietary information and having to fill in the gaps there. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah I could see that. Yeah. yeah. That you guess. So. He, he, figures, <laughs> he figures out a lot of the gaps that I don't figure out. Though, so. Right, right. So um, you joined ASOG a while back. I've seen you guys at some training events recently. Or the, is this a new development for you guys attending the actual training events, or is this something you've done all along? We we used to go to the local ones, you know, okay. um, more closer to where we're from. Um, okay. This year is the first year that we've really reached out and like you know gone to Kansas City and right. Seattle and, and to this one. Right. And so, what's your takeaway? We love it. It's a game love changer. It. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And so what's different about this event? What's different than, than you know, um, 
from from vision to the events you were attending before what's your big takeaway from that um not not seeing lucas and i have been telling you about parts tech for a while now and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over 35 shop management systems and now they've just launched a new referral program all you have to do is open your parts tech account go to my shop and click on the rewards tab there you'll find your referral url which you can share via email text message or on your social media if your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days parts tech will send you a 100 dollar gift card that's it nothing else is needed your referrals can get you 100 dollars just for using parts tech which by the way is absolutely free to get started with so if you're using parts tech already start sharing that referral link and if you haven't signed up for parts tech yet what are you waiting for click on the link in the description or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast that's partstech.com forward slash podcast hey one more thing if you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with parts tech it's time to upgrade david and i use what we believe to be the very best system on the market shopware with unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started. Nothing bad about the local instructors, but the quality right. of instruction is like a completely different level. You have right. people that are truly masters of the industry. Yeah. And they network with so many different people in so many different areas. It just, they have more knowledge available to pass on to us than we would right. get at, you know, the local NAPA training, for example. It's a much right. larger pool of knowledge. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, so one of the things that came up just a little bit earlier in the day is that we, um, there's only so many classes that they can host at any given time, mm -hmm. right? So if they only do a class a month, that's 12 classes in a year. And some of that's not going to apply to you or it's stuff that you, you know, it, it serves no benefit. So I think the ability to have multiple classes in one period of time that you can knock out some stuff that's important to you. I think yeah. that's, that's really important. So you were just in Craig's class. Tell us a little bit about Craig's class. Um, well, he basically went over. Uh, he was in the uh, Otis, Otis, you know, unit, and right. um, you know, we don't I don't have a lot of experience with it. You know, we use Rostec. We've used Rostec for quite a while right. on our uh, Volkswagen Audi stuff. Um, I learned a ton. I learned a lot that that uh, the capabilities of that Otis right. just blows me away. Yeah. You know? And as far as the actual instruction itself, he's great. He's, yeah. he's you know, and it was an enjoyable class. That's know? awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and every class has to be enjoyable if you're actually going to get anything yeah. from it. You, you know. So, um, speaking of that, Otis, doesn't it require a VSP now? Yes. Are you, are you got? do you have a VSP? Not currently. No. Are you thinking about it? Oh, we will. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Can't even download the stupid thing. Really? I can't even flash a PCM. I can't do a jack. You gotta have a VSP. So are you gonna get VSP credentials? I sent in my stuff. And then I got back this long list of hey, you didn't do this right because apparently I didn't read the application. It's it's got a really long checklist, but if you follow the checklist and Yeah, I didn't do that. I get it. I understand. I didn't do that. It's it just goes right through. I mean it doesn't 
Do you have one? It's ambiguous. Yeah. And, and we don't use it as much as you would think you would use it in a lot of ways. I think it's important. And, and, and kind of what I hope for is that NASTIF becomes the gatekeeper for information. So some of these shops that are not doing things the right way, maybe they're not going to have access anymore in my mind. A lot of shops say, hey, that's not fair. It's not fair that we don't have access. Look, all it's doing is making sure you're insured, making sure you have a business license, making sure you're legit. If you're not... If you're not legit enough to get all sounds BSP, right. maybe you shouldn't be working on cars. Right. So they're going to lock everything out except for like powertrain and transmission. Like the the biggest complaint that I have heard, and the, those shops that you're complaining about are only going to work on the powertrain and transmission. Like everything else, they're going to be like, hmm. well, the the shops that I'm thinking of had situations where something had happened in their past and because something had happened in their past, they didn't qualify because of the credential requirements of, of NASA. Yeah. But at that point, then you, you have to then make the business decision to hire somebody in who can, who is VSP certified. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you can't stay a one man shop at that point because you're going to be out of business. You don't have any access to any, to any information. Right. Well, I mean, I'm just saying the, the majority of people, who have said that they think that the VSP program is bad has been somebody who probably like they're, they've got something to gain that's not doing it the right way, or they've got a reason that they weren't able to be credentialed. So they said, that's not fair. Right. I mean, that, that's what I, can, I determined. I can understand it. I, yeah. can, I see their argument hundred percent see the argument, but at the same time, the OEs are hesitant to release the information because right. it's proprietary and they don't want anybody to have access to it and they don't want their cars jacked and they don't want to have that perception out there. And so they need that gatekeeper. And I mean, how else are you going to do it? Yeah. I mean, I absolutely, it's fine to bitch, but if you don't have a solution like there, I don't see any other way to, to get around them locking you out of everything because they could just do it arbitrarily. Like just right. Exactly. Uh, unilaterally, I should say. They could just decide, hey, we're just like Mercedes, just lock you out and say, you know what, screw you guys. Right. We're not I giving mean, you any access. There's not really anything that makes them beyond emissions, right? There's nothing that says they have to. They mm-hmm. they could do whatever they wanted to do, really. I mean, it's their proprietary information. And and I think if you look at um you look at John Deere, right? Y'all have heard the John Deere story. Now the thing about it is, is at the end of the day, John Deere caught so much heat in the national news that they finally said, Hey, tell you what, you can buy our software. Here you go. <laughs> right. Like, and, and, and I think it's a pay to play game, right? If you want the information, you should have to pay for it. And that, that's also a, a bit of a boundary to make sure that the right shops working on the vehicle. So what do you guys do with for Mercedes? Right now we don't do anything for them. You just don't work on them? No, we work on them. Just nothing real high level. Have you got an ice game? Yeah. So it, it may be thinking about, we, yeah, we, we just got an ice game. Very cool. You know, right. So we're just kind of stepping into that. What do you think so far? You you had a chance to use it and really dig in? Uh, we had, yes, we've used it some. You know, what were we uh, using before? Uh, we have, it varies. We have an auto. We've had snap-on units. Uh, we do have a... But for a, European? We have an Opus. Yeah, we use the auto quite a bit for Euro stuff and then Opus. And then, like I said, we have the VCDS and we have... Yeah. Uh, what's the BMW one? Esta. We have Esta. Yeah, we have the Esta as well and, you know... Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I, and I like VCDS, right? I oh, really I do. do. I, yeah. it, it's a yeah. really cool tool, and especially for the price point, it's hard to beat it. What you is that? I don't know what that is. Um, like Hexcan, you know, they, they had the little dongle you could buy. It's all the Volkswagen and works on Audi, too. It's the... Is it Ross Tech? Was, yeah, was that what you're, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it works really well. Yeah, and if you cool. learn to use it, man, it's a powerful tool. How, how's that different from expert mode and snap-ons? Well... Honestly, I would say one of my favorite things about it is the support, the support that comes along with it. Yeah. Okay. You can call Ross yeah. Tech and say, I'm lost. What yeah. do I do here? And they'll lead yeah. you through it. Yeah. And there's tons of videos out there. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. tons of videos of people who really know how to use them yeah. and really put them together. So. There's videos and there's a lot of support on their website as well. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, and now it was a game changer when we got into that. And now I'm looking at this the other unit going, oh, man. Right, even more capability. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, are you guys going to continue to service Mercedes? Because the idea is Mercedes is going to bow out and just you know you either have our OE scan tool and pay the bajillion dollars, or you. We're probably going to continue to service them and just get the OE scan tool. I mean, in right. the last in the last two years, our business model has changed a lot. You know, we started out like everybody did with just generic scan tools, and in the last couple of years, we've invested in like the Land Rover scan tool, and we have a Tech Two, and we have the um is the plus and we have the vcds and stuff and we're just kind of going in that direction where we're just going right. to do that except for we're going to just do that for the different european makes so. yeah that's right. another reason to specialize you know just kind yeah. of shift more just tighten it down areas. a little bit right so with both of you being owners and on the technical side are you doing the service writing yourselves or you, do you hire somebody to do the service writing tell us a little bit about how the shop operates We've had service writers. Uh, our service writer just went on leave for, uh, she just had a baby. So we don't know if she's coming back. We have a new one huh. coming in. Um, she starts in a week. Huh. And then in the interim, we write service. Right. I write a lot of service. Right. Very cool. Very cool. So you joined the group a while back. What did? What have you learned from ASOG so far? There's so much. You know, yeah. you, you learn first that you're not alone, that there are other yeah. shop owners. And there's just such a network of experience. Yeah. Yeah new people you have people that have been in the, in the industry for so long you have so many people that can answer your questions and so many people that have different answers and you can kind of pick and choose what fits your locale yeah. or what fits your business model because what works for you guys may not work in us exactly you know but what works for somebody else in a small coastal town they've already been there and done that you can take that experience and Put that into your own. Right. And not have to reinvent the wheel. I was telling David that the other day that, that when I started my business, I had this idea I was going to reinvent the wheel. Oh, yeah. We all did. <laughs> and, and so then like you begin to learn like, hey, this isn't working. And you find yourself running the same wheel that everybody else runs. Right. Except for David. David would sell his shop. Right? You need a shop in Kansas City? <laughs> you, guys need, you guys need to spread out. Spread out. But, yeah. Yeah. Half a honey bun? I mean, Half a honey bun. <laughs> At this point, he might be down to a quarter of a honey bun. No, no. I still got, I racked up even more debt. It was about that stupid ADOS machine. How is that going? Off. Have you? Yeah. How's it going? Oh, uh, it looks pretty. I leave it on so it like flashes the lights. And stuff. <laughs> but I mean, are you, are you starting to pick up ADOS business or? No, hell no. Have you done anything to try? No, I haven't done anything either. Are you afraid of it? Just looks at the lights. I look at the lights and pay the bill. That's right. Are yeah. you afraid of it? No, no, no. Oh, not at all. No, I'm afraid of having to, like, you know, um, work. So, like, uh, <laughs> I uh, no, like, I got a, I got a, 
I want to build a landing page for it, uh, buy some domains, which I haven't even started doing that. I'll, I'll do that when I get back. But I, I need to buy some domains, start driving some traffic. I know people are, are at least searching for it in my area. So uh, I want to try to pick up that business. And then I need to go out and just make some sales calls and just pick up some local shops that want to uh, not send to the dealer. The problem is that the de- local dealerships are charging less than $200 to these calibrations. But they're not yeah. doing they're not doing proper calibration. They're not, they're not. They're scanning the car. The car doesn't have any codes. They're shipping it. That's it. Hmm. Uh, that's all they're doing. And we've we've taken the vehicles to the dealerships and asked them, "Hey, did you guys calibrate this? Yeah, there's no problems. No, no. But did you like hook up the paddles and the whole thing? And they're like, uh, "No, there's no no problems. Yeah, not for 175 bucks or not. Yeah, <laughs> right. you didn't spend yeah. two hours do, dicking around with this thing for you didn't you didn't do anything. And so. That's sort of the the problem I'm going to run into is is and maybe I won't I don't know but I know everybody that I've talked to all the vendors and the parts people and everybody that comes in and says hey what's that thing and they're flashing at the corner of my shop and, it, and I'm like that's the ADOS machine and they're like oh yeah everybody's going to the dealer or the mobile guy and the mobile guy's doing it out of the back of a van it's like well you can't do it out of the back yeah. of the van you, you can't and so I, I have to explain that. And then I have to explain the dealerships just scanning and clearing codes or checking for codes. And if there's no codes, it's good to go. And then there's a few models out there that are dynamic calibration. They're just test driving or whatever, which is fine. But a lot of times dynamic calibration, that gives you an either or. And dynamic calibration takes longer. You can just statically calibrate and push it out the door and you're done in 15 minutes. I don't want to make sales calls. I, I hate being friendly to people. It's so exhausting. <laughs> it is. It's like you're just you're trying to be. And here, it's like the, my my biggest thing is like being fake. Like anytime I, I like smile and nod. Hey, how you doing? Like just saying good morning to people is just. <sighs> I I get it. I I want the phone to ring. I just don't want to answer it. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah, that's why I hired somebody to answer the phone. So that was going to be my next question for you, in all honesty. How are you going to have, are you going to talk to the customers that have questions? Are you going to train your people as far as No, I'm sending those suckers to ADOS classes. I'm like, you better learn this garbage because I don't want to answer these questions. I don't even know the answers. Like I beat it by, I BS my way through. I don't give inaccurate information. If I don't know, I'll say, well, I'm not sure about that. Um, but... You know, you just end up circling around the same five things you know, and that's it. Well, yeah, I mean, would I don't? Are you sure you're up to five? <laughs> At this point, I think I'm up to five. I've listened to back to the George Lesniak podcast we did several times, that and then Lee Locklear, and he listened to his podcast several times, and you're like, I think I know five things about ADOS. Yeah, so we we we're uh, all gonna die. <laughs> we we did a really killer episode with George Lesniak. Y'all know George? Mm-hmm. Um, he works for Alltel, and he is truly brilliant, right? He really knows his stuff. And George really explained why it's important. And and at that same event, we were hearing from, from some manufacturer folks who said, we're definitely not calibrating cars properly, and we know it, wow. right? Like, we know they're not doing it right. So that says a lot. Not and just that, the the... the the companies that are selling the machines to the dealerships know that they're not getting turned on and used. Yeah. They know because they, 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 they can track it. And they're like, yeah. are you doing any calibration? Oh, yeah, yeah. Are you sure you're doing them? <laughs> if they call in, as, if they secret shop them, they're like, oh, our machine's down. I'm sorry. Got to go to a different dealership. It's like, I just was I was just in there last week. Your machine's operational. There's nothing wrong with it. 
Why'd you give Seth a dirty look? That was one of my good mornings this morning. That was painful. <laughs> and he was just eyeballing me the whole time. And I'm like, I was just trying to break the, the tension. I'm like, I don't know. Why is he Why is he staring at me? I, think I go, morning. And he goes, good morning. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying not to interact with other people. You too. <laughs> um, I swear to God, you too. Uh, it's cute. What, me? It really is. You and Seth, it's really cute. It's it's very interesting. Do you think I got a man crush on him? I, that must be what it is. Is that I, what it is? I'm going to agree with this one. Yeah. 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 Based he, on that look, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Maybe he ain't comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's the other way around. Maybe he's got a man crush on you. You think? I, who knows? I'm flattered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what what's the plan for your shop over the next couple months right you, have you got a game plan a destination the shop's going have you got a grand vision of where you're going to be in a year two years three years honestly no we're we're still evolving that right um this year we got involved i was invited to be a part of a program called class of works and so we're actually hosting a bunch of interns this year. Which oh, that's is awesome. A first for us, but that's kind of changed how we're looking at things, right? Because we have like five high schools real local to our area. And right. because we're in a rural area, auto shop is still real big out there. Yeah. And then we have the community college right up the street. And one of the problems that we're finding, especially where we are, is that no one wants to work on euros, including the existing technicians. Right. So now, since we're moving to that, the mindset is, Okay, we're going to start going to all of these high schools, and we're going to give them a class. We're going to right. take the Pico in and take some gear in there, and we're going to teach them what they can do if they come and work for us. Right. That way we're training the next generation on the cars that we want to train them on. Whereas even the younger kids that are out there right now, they're still into carburetors, which is not useful in our industry anymore. Exactly. I mean, it's just not. Absolutely. Carburetors? So, seriously. You remember those? And, and race cars, and, and they like hot rods, and they... Yeah, hot rods with an LS. You don't hot rod in a 350 with a carburetor. You don't do that anymore. Uh, You LS swap everything. You should come to the mountains of North Carolina. Everything where everybody's running 350s with a four four barrel. There's dominators everywhere. (laughs) Dominators even. Yeah. Not even Edelbrock's, like dominators. Yeah. Yeah. They're still everywhere. See, you're the carbon footprint for the entire country in that little bubble (laughs) right there. I don't (laughs) doubt it for a minute. We've got plenty of trees that erases it, right? Yeah. It'd be okay. You can't count the trees. You watch me count the trees. Nobody can count. You can't count the trees. Oh, no. He's gone environmentalist on me. You, you know that because we've put out more carbon, there are just there are now more trees than there have ever been before. <laughs> trees are flourishing because we're pumping so much. It's true. <laughs> trees are doing really well. We like As a total, especially in this country, we have more trees in the U.S. now than we ever had before. You know... As upset the carbon's good for the trees. That's what they eat. As upset as you are about the legalization of marijuana around the country, the fact that you're talking about how good. Oh no, are I, I say legalize it. Do you? you yeah. Think so? Just don't let them smoke it on the street corner with fifty of their buddies and asking me to have my food. Hey man, you gonna eat that? <laughs> no. Yes, I'm. Get away from me. That's what they do. You guys are in Oregon. You guys don't understand. I'm in Kansas, okay? All of that is illegal. We have guns, and then that's it. Like, that's it. The meth heads underground. You don't see them. You don't see them. Sounds refreshing. It sounds... 
they actually all migrate to a little town called Independence, Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> hey, isn't Independence, that where, Missouri. Isn't that where your cousin lives? That is where my cousin lives, yes. <laughs> my cousin-in-law. He's my cousin-in-law. So he, has a, what, he owns a tire shop in Independence. So and it's you, just the jokes. You joined the group about the time that this happened. Kalen, is that how you say it? Kylan. Kylan joined the group at the same time and posted an advertisement that he did. And it, it is him in like a micro bikini changing tires. No, no, it wasn't a bikini. I it was a leotard. That. It was a leotard. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's his cousin. So if you ever wonder about David, now you know. Cousin-in-law. You've been around him too long. <laughs> I'll, I'll take ownership of Kylan. Kylan's good people. He is. He's cool people. What were you saying? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. What's that? What were you saying? Why does every conversation end up with Kylan and his leotard? It does. <laughs> we have had ten conversations so far, and this is the first. <laughs> they don't know that they're listening to the live stream. Did you end the live stream? I did. I told them that they had to listen to the podcast to hear no. the rest. <laughs> I thought we were still live streaming. What did it... y'all listen to the podcast to hear the rest? So I don't use y'all. What is that? Listen, you don't use y'all because you ain't from the South. Y'all come back now, you hear? Apparently, everybody thinks they're, that Lucas is flirting with them just from his Southern draw. <laughs> and it's indiscriminate, too. Like, he might talk to you, look in your eyes, and be like, hey, how you doing? I told you if you use the JB. Hey, I just don't want to default to. There's nothing I can help. I can't help that. And so. I have yeah. felt, I haven't actually felt that from him. I'm kind of jealous now. Yeah, 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 I, I mean, man. So, changing subjects before David goes off the rocker here. Um, so, you're a woman technician. Have you seen young ladies coming into this program? Are you seeing any of that right now? Um, that's really interesting because our high school program has a lot of young ladies in it. And as a matter of fact, Bridget, who works for me, was the first female automotive journey woman in North Carolina. That's awesome. So it's really cool to get to meet you, and and hopefully she gets to hear this story. What advice would you have for her and the other women in our industry? What drives me is whenever other people don't think I can do it. If they yeah. put me down or they put me in a box and they think that I'm me. I can do this much. Yeah. I push past those boundaries every time, you know, and I spend a lot of my own personal time, probably more than, you know, I wouldn't say more than him because he spends a crap ton of personal time studying, but I study because I want to be the one in the room that knows more than everybody else. And right. I don't mean to be pompous about that, but I don't want to be questioned in <laughs> an atmosphere where I have a bunch of people who don't think that I belong right. yeah. and not have the right answer or, be like way off base you know my my advice is to find her own way and what she what she's good at what she's passionate about and don't let anybody push her off of that path right and and you know i will say this and david's gonna get super upset when i say this just beware um so i recognize something a few years back when you say that a lot of men are not going to understand what you're talking about i mean let's just be real about it i'm, I'm sure you do because you've seen oh, it. i see it every day the, the situation that we ran into, and my wife said this, and I, I mentioned this to David yesterday. She said, in a lot of ways, I don't think you know what it feels like to be a woman in, in this industry. I don't think you know what it feels like to be in a situation where you're a pretty lady and, and you're walking down the street. It's different than what it is for you. And, and it came up because we were talking about a while back. I was in Minneapolis, and I walked right through the middle of the hood at 1 o'clock in the morning. We're talking about crackheads in Denver. 
ruined by legalized marijuana. It was a nice, beautiful city. It was nice and quiet, and it was like safe, and you could take your family. And then the potheads descended. I, I I guess people just recognize I'm a scrapper because they don't treat me like that. Like when I walk right through the middle of the crowd. I mean, I'm sure eventually I'll pay for that, but yeah, you're gonna get you're gonna get shanked or shot or one of them, depending on what part of the country you are. If you're in the middle part of the country, you're gonna get shot. On the coasts, you might get stabbed. Probably shot too. Depends where you are. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you get shot and stabbed, huh? <laughs> Combo. <laughs> so, so my point is, is that it wasn't until a few years back, like we had a number of just small incidents, and she would point it out to me, and I didn't see it. Right, I didn't think anything about it. But one of the things that happened was, is we had an employee or a a client come in and tell her that her place was in the kitchen. Why don't you just go back to the kitchen? I don't want to talk to you. I want to talk to Lucas. And it was like, dude. Okay, I'm a shop, right? You're out of here. You're gone. We're not doing this anymore. And and it was an eye opener for me that people treat her differently than they treat me. And and like we we always like to look at it like people treat each other with respect and treat people kindly. I mean, how would you feel if that was your daughter or somebody? Tr- I, uh, yeah, awful. But that's not like I, I don't. I think you have that blind spot. Yeah. So we, we go to this conference in in California. And everybody recognizes Lucas and his southern draw. Like he's like, hey y'all, <laughs> hey y'all, you doing? I, I, I can't even do it. <laughs> and they're like, hi Lucas, how you doing? Then they look at me and they go, so how you doing, Lucas? How you like? And I'm like, <laughs> and it happened like three or four times. And at this point, I'm just chuckling. I'm like, I don't care. It's whatever, right? And and it, I I pointed out to him. He's like. I didn't notice. You know what? They haven't been introducing themselves to you. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they don't. <laughs> well, and, and you know, maybe that's a flaw I have, right? Like I drive forward. I'm, it's my resting I'm, bitch face. I'm thinking about where I'm going. I'm not thinking about like, it's not that I don't care. I'm not paying attention to my wife. It's just, that was like an eye opening experience because people treat her differently than they treat me. Right. And, and I, I tend to put those same that same filter over everybody. I look at everybody like, Hey, they're being treated just like I am. Yeah. That's not always the case. No. And so especially, you know, and I've heard that from more than one husband, wife team that, Hey, there's guys coming into the shop that are disrespecting her. Right. And, and I'm going to tell you what, like at the end of the day, if my wife says something by God, that's what we're doing. I know better. Right. I have learned my, you, you, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah it, for me, I didn't recognize it right away. It actually right. took her bringing it up to me. You know, yeah. and, and not, not like, you know, being really, you know, rude about it or anything, but just saying, right. hey, just pay attention. Pay attention to this this yeah. vendor. When he comes in, he looks right past me and only only talks to yeah. you. These, this customer comes in, they, they don't talk to me. They look past me and talk to you. you know. Do you think they're doing it intentionally, though? No. No. I mean, so... When I when I that's sort of the problem though. If they're not even doing it intentionally, it's like, well, how do you like? What, it? Do, you like, what do you do? It, like, right? yeah. For me, and I know that I have a different view than most women do. I totally acknowledge that, and I, I definitely like am abrasive with some of my friends as far as this goes. Um, I was the first female FSC hired in at Hitachi, and as a result, I had to pave my own way, right? And I don't think that anybody really maliciously, there were a few incidents, but I don't think anybody maliciously discounted me. They're just used to the culture of discounting the girl in the room. There was a time that I was told, oh, she can't do anything. She giggles too much. I might laugh, but I know my shit. Right. And I don't think that there are a couple vendors that definitely 
especially when we were at JNA Automotive, they, they definitely actively discounted me and they did not care when he was like, Hey, she's an owner too. There are, there are definitely people in there that just have that opinion of women. But I think that largely it's not meant to be rude or right. crappy towards women. But the more women that are in the industry, the less often that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. You're exactly right. Because it becomes the norm. It becomes exactly. what, what they expect to see, you know, She's going to shoot me for bringing this up on the podcast. We then don't bring it up. I think sometimes <laughs> I, I had a service advisor who had that happen a lot to her, I guess, early on. But it got to the point where she was she was abrasive sometimes. Yeah. And she would. And, and what I told her was, I'm like, look, if you assume everybody is disrespecting you then you're going to find yeah, what you're, you're assuming. Like, like if you're looking yeah. for it, that's all you're going to see. Yep. And like, so what do you, what do you, what's going to happen here? Like, this is going to be a continuous issue with vendors, with customers, with, because it's just like, I agree. Oh, I'll have that guy talk to yeah. me like that. I'm like, he, like, he didn't talk. Like right. if that guy talked to me like that, I would mm-hmm. thought nothing of it, but you're assuming X, Y, and Z. And so yeah. like, I, I, I was always curious, but I can understand like, I can understand she had a lot of crap to deal with, mm-hmm. but I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know that maybe it's just <sighs> for me when I get into that situation where I've dealt with like three disrespectful people in a row, I'll just have him step in and be like, I need a break because yeah. I don't want to snap at somebody unnecessarily. Yeah. Now, including my right. coworkers, because when you have people walk in and just treat you like garbage or be like, I want to talk to a man. Are you yeah. a technician? I'm just like, I'm out. Yeah. As I, I feel like it's Distance better yourself than, a little bit. Yeah, I feel like it's better yeah. than being abrasive with a customer because they're still our customer base, right? Right. Or being abrasive with a vendor who I might need something from like later on down the road. So sometimes right. it's best to just bow out if you're already in that mindset because you can't usually switch it on and off right away. Yeah. Right. Take some time to, to debrief yourself, if you will. A exactly. Bit. Yeah. We had a customer one time that came in that we had uh, hired a couple of uh, temp workers to mm-hmm. just, you know, I think he was washing cars. Right. You know? And uh, this this kid, yeah, a nice kid, but, you know, didn't probably didn't know how to check his own oil. Right. And he was in the office with Ashley and um, the customer came in to talk to a mechanic and he started talking and she's trying to help him out and he keeps like looking right past her and asking this temp that doesn't know, know anything. anything. Right. Know, like, yeah. This is the guy. He, he obviously <laughs> right. knows, you know, what I'm asking. Like, right. I, you know, didn't know what to say because he. Right. Um, kind of. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Well, and, and we went through that a couple of times and, and people would say that they wanted to talk to someone else mm-hmm. about their estimate. And, and I'm like, dude, she's the one who's deciding how much you're paying, not me. Like, if somebody's going to tell you you owe money, it's going to be her. Like, I can't help you. If she says that's what it is, that's what it is. You yeah. better get used to it. And, and you know, I'll tell you the other really uncomfortable thing that we've, we've dealt with is we've had some people, we even had an employee step over bounds as far as my, he asked my wife to come help him. He was trying to take pictures of her while, he was, while she was trying to help me. And I, I could not I remember you telling me that. That's creepy. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and so obviously he got terminated. Right. Yeah. And it caused a huge rift between me and my wife. And like, you know, she kind of felt like I hadn't done enough to protect her. And I, she's probably right. But the point is, is and we even had somebody come in and and say, Hey, you know, he was he was checking out. He had 
paid his invoice the whole nine yards. And he basically tried to get a hug from her and like made it super creepy. And it's like, that is really weird. And I don't, I mean, my wife is beautiful, but like, he didn't come try and hug me, <laughs> you know, and I'm not like David. I'm not jealous. He didn't come try and give me a hug. I, I had, I had customers come in and ask Heather out. Right. Heather was a lesbian. Like she wasn't into the dudes. Like, and I'd like when he, they'd be like, how you doing? And, and I'd laugh, like, I'd just step away and laugh. And I'm like, dude, you got no shot with this one. I'm sorry. You got no shot. <laughs> keep trying though yeah yeah, yeah go for it this is gonna be fun to watch <laughs> afterwards you're like so how'd that go right, right? <laughs> well well so uh heather the the same employee was the one who informed david that there was a certain type of um man in kansas city that was Not kansas city it's everywhere that was coming to right but in this case they were coming to his shop because they appreciated his no no that's not how that went that's not how that went <laughs> That's how I remember it going. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Poor David. Uh, you know, I, dude, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, do you have good dudes coming into your shop trying to give you hugs? It's a, I, um, no, no. That's probably a really good thing. <laughs> I try not to be at the front counter. I don't, I don't talk to anybody. <laughs> Okay, then. It's, ex- okay. it's exhausting. I'm telling you. It is. It's it's it exhausting. Is. It will wear you out. It will absolutely take He you. likes it. He's all about that. He's, he's very all about that. Person. Yeah, he's a very yeah. people person. I am, but it, it, here's the thing is it is exhausting, especially when they've got an issue or you've got something to deal with. It's like you have a, a gas tank and each encounter is taking out of that gas tank. Oh, yeah. And especially like. Then you have kids, <laughs> so you have to have something. At the end of the day, yeah, you know? exactly. And there are days when you're just like, oh, I don't know, I'm gonna go home and deal with this today. Well, and that that was a big thing for me is because I was taking it home, and I was taking it home in a big way, and I was not being dad, and I was not being a husband, and I was going home pissed off, and I was going home upset. And every single day, it was worse and worse and worse. And if if it was a bad day, I wanted to go home and sit down and go to sleep. That was the extent of it. And so I was talking to uh, my shop coach Rick. And he said, look, he said, you need to have a worry tree. I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, you need to imagine a tree outside the house that when you walk up, you can physically say to yourself, I am going to put my worries on that tree from the shop, right? I'm going to hang those things up. And so I said, that's stupid. I can't envision that. I can't. But I did start to kind of envision a light switch. Like, hey, I've got to turn the shop off. The the shop can't come home, Hmm. right? And I've done better and better with it. That when I walk up the driveway to my house, I'm like, hey, I've got to turn this off. I have, I physically say to myself, it's got to be turned off because I am the person who I really care about my client's experience. I really care about my people. And it really hurts my feelings if somebody's had a bad experience. And I know it's my fault, right? Like there's no doubt it's my fault, but I take it very personally. Right. And so I've learned over time to kind of say, hey, turn that off. And and the biggest thing or the the toughest struggle for me has been every single shop has these things, right? We all have a customer that has a, a problem. Mm-hmm. We all have comebacks. We all have things where somebody's upset about something. Those problems don't go away. That's called being in business. Yeah, That's, but some people don't care. I know some people don't care, but my point is, is when you do care, you fool yourself into thinking that one day these problems are not going to be a problem anymore. You yeah, fool yourself true. into thinking. You detach yourself. That's the key. I think I think that you're like hitting it on the nose, though, is that, 
the problems are always going to be there. And I can't remember right. if it was at ATE or Vision, one of the classes, they talked about that. Mm -hmm. And it sounds stupid, but it was like a light switch for me. No matter how yeah. good the shop is, yep. there will always be those problems. And yeah. for me, that's made a huge difference since class. Yeah. Being able to be like, still going to be there tomorrow. That's exactly Regardless, right. I might have three or four good days or three or four good weeks right. where we don't have those customers, but they're always going to be back. Well, Especially and, with Euros. Exactly. And here's it's not the, the customer. It's always the car. Right. <laughs> it's always the car. Here, Here's the situation is that if you really dig in and think about it, I see so many shop owners who are trying to stay and finish that last car for that last client and get this done. I got to get that done. And they're working 16, uh, 70 hours a week. Care. Not only does the customer care. not care, but the point is, is that you're trying to fix the point of business is to be profitable, right? Mm -hmm. So my job is fix as many cars as I can and be as profitable as I can be in 40 hours a week. Because you're, if you run out of cars, you're out of fucking business, right? There's no point in continuing on like that forever because if you keep fixing cars, like you'll work yourself to death. If all the cars are fixed, you got a whole different problem, right? <laughs> like you got something else to worry about. So the point is not to fix all the cars and make every client happy at the end of the day on Friday. The point is, is to have a life. And so many business owners, they take it so personally and they look so deep into pleasing every client at 100%. They forget to set expectations, right? And I think it's a downhill slide because you forget to say, hey, I'm not going to be able to meet that expectation. Your car's not going to be done by 5 o'clock on Friday. I'll try and have That's a tough conversation by. to have, though. You don't want to. You don't want to. You're essentially pissing them off or whatever. That's what people are afraid of. You don't right. have somebody upset. And it's like, hey, there's no shop this thing gets right. But how many how many of us have been in a situation where we're fixing a car and we've promised it at five o'clock on Friday and we work our ass off and then right there the last thing you touch a bolt breaks the car overheats when you get done because you got a bad thermostat. Yeah, Something we don't. That's happened. that's my point. It's just like I would rather tell them on Thursday afternoon, hey, it's probably going. I never be set deadlines. That's awful. That's the worst thing you can do. You're just shooting yourself. You're setting yourself for failure. You're like, yeah, I'll have that done by three. No. No. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I will tell them if I think I'm going to have it done at Friday on, at 5 p.m., right? What am I going to say? I'll do my very best to have it to you yeah. by the end of the day. Monday. We're going to do our best, and I should have it done before the end of the day. Hopefully, I'll call you if anything up changes. Absolutely. Do that every time. For, for me, those are the ones that, you, you like you say, 5 o'clock, bolt breaks. You say, yep. I'm just going to stay here and get this done. You stay there at 7 o'clock. You call them up. You say, it's yep. done. It's ready to go. They say, okay, I'll pick it up Tuesday. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. It never fails. Yeah. Never fails. And so. It, no chance I stay either. <laughs> if that bolt breaks, I'm like, nope, done. Yep, done. Drop the tool. I'm out. Well, and, and I, what I've found is, is the reason the bolt breaks is because we're tired. Yeah. And, and we're frustrated and right. we're rushing and we're trying to get it done and we're pushing really hard. So we make that one stupid mistake. We take that one thing just a little bit further. And, you know, Dutch will, Dutch will comment on this because when you, when, you know, the big thing for him with aviation was, is like, hey, they've got a set of protocols and you don't exceed those protocols. Mm -hmm. Why? Because if you exceed those protocols, people get killed. Yeah. Right. I mean, plain and simple. We have these protocols for a reason. Well, it's the same thing. If you push that limit just a little bit too much because you're trying to accomplish something, come on now. Right. I mean, look at all these planes that have crashed recently when they're landing because they tried to. We're on a plane during bad weather here. Why are you talking about plane crashes? <laughs> you're putting bad juju out there. Nah, I ain't scared. Me either. I'm driving home. <laughs> How long of a drive is it? It's about 12 hours. 12 hours to the coast? Seeing it wouldn't have been that long of a drive. I think I would have made it to Kansas. 
How long is it to Kansas? I'm going to have to go Google, uh, go Google that now. But what's the weather going to be like, though? Because we keep getting these updates that there's like these freaks. Yeah, storms. freak storms, tornadoes, <laughs> and hailstorms throughout the entire Midwest. They canceled my flight. Are you feeling better now? I know you were. I like, got over it. I, I mean, we're we're doing a live stream, right? Yeah, and I'm getting alerts. I w- I was worried about time because I'm like at 10:30 we gotta we gotta stop the live stream. We gotta start packing up, and I gotta go. And I'm like checking the time, and I see like 50 alerts from Delta. And I'm like, what is going on? 9:40. Like, what are you talking about? 9:40 tomorrow. And, and I look over and I see him like melting down the screen. He's like, oh no! Like, what is going on over there? It is what it is. I guess I can't do anything about it. So do you guys have kids? Yeah. And so, you know, here we are. We're talking about being mom and dad for kids, and, and you were both in the business. Um, how- the, the funny thing, real quick, is that we got into the business. I left Intel so that I would have more time to spend with my kids when I was working 12s. Is that your fault? Should you be blamed yeah, for that? It's partially my fault. I think we both hold some blame on that one. But, yeah. <laughs> You know, you have this vision of what it's going to be like. And, of yeah. course, you know, any business owner you talk to is going to tell you the same yeah. thing. Yeah. I, exactly. Exactly. You open a shop, they said. So what? what's the what's the course to take that? Because I see her looking at you mm-hmm. as we're talking. What What's the course you're going to take to, to have the opportunity to be dad well, and spend that time at home? Part of it is, is kind of like what you touched on a few minutes ago with, um, you know, we, we, it took us quite a while to realize that when it's five o'clock and I'm not going to say we're a hundred percent, we're not, but right. you know, when it's five o'clock, it's time to go home. Yeah. You know, cut it off, call the customer. If you make somebody angry, it sucks, you know, yeah. and you carry that with you a little bit, but, but Do what's, the, what's, the, what's yeah. the trade off, you know, yeah. you either miss out on your own life and you know, the bottom line for me, most of the time, the customer they may appreciate it, but they expect it as much as anything. Yeah. And I don't yeah. think that most of them truly experience or truly appreciate the, the sacrifices that you yeah. make when you're standing exactly. until 10 o'clock at night trying to get their car. Exactly. They, they don't. And you know who I blame for that? Who? Mike Allen. You think so? He's open on Saturday, isn't he? No. I feel like he is. I feel like he's open on Sundays, too. There's a shop down the street open on Sunday. Did you we see that? We used to be. Really? Yeah. Really? So it's yeah. your fault, too? We yeah. used to take uh, Tuesday, Wednesday off, but then people complained that we were taking days oh, off during well, the week. Yeah. So then I was like, no, the, no, I'm talking about these shops that are open seven days. We, we, we used to be open that. six days a week, you know, and um, it was just too money. much. We had yeah. two different shifts of techs, but then that doesn't work out if a bolt breaks at the end of some yeah. days. Yeah. Know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I mean, here's the thing is, is so many owners are giving their life away mm-hmm. to try and make a business successful. And the problem is, is that, it's not time or more cars that makes a business successful. Knowledge is what makes a business successful. Going to the management classes, learning how to run the business, learning about business financials. No, you still got to do the work. Of course you still got to do the work. I know a lot of really successful shops that do, could not could not duplicate what they did in another shop. Or they couldn't they couldn't articulate what it is that what made you successful? Well, uh, um, well, really, I just opened up my business and turned my sign on, and people poured in. And I, I get that, but I'm saying that spending a hundred hours a week at the shop doesn't make you. You can be just as unsuccessful working a hundred hours a week, yeah, as you can be working forty. But I'm saying, like you're, you're saying, the knowledge is like no, no, the knowledge isn't always 
going to make you successful. No, of course not. I'm I'm saying that the access to the knowledge, the ability to to have clean financials, things like that, is really where you begin to see. It gives you a scorecard, right? So the knowledge of the business financials and, and the ability to have a scorecard you can look at and say, I'm performing, I'm not performing, my bank account's growing, it's not growing. You know, mm-hmm. you can work 100 hours a week. I know, I know shop owners who work a dude that dude that was supposed to come to ASTE, right? Remember, he filled out the, the paperwork. Yeah, yeah. Dude, dude works 100 hours a week, right? Every single week. Yeah, but I wouldn't consider him successful, dude. I'm just telling you. That's I know a my lot point. Of, I know a lot of million dollar shops that have never been to training. They don't go to Vision, and it happens in Kansas City. Like, just got to drive down the street to Vision. Never been to Vision. They're you- doing a million plus. You can accidentally make a million dollars a year. It's the first million that's easy. I yeah. didn't know if you knew that. It's the first, the first million, million is. is. Yeah. Second one. It's the second million that's a little bit more. Yeah. I, I mean, I, look, I can tell you've been talking to Seth. You've learned some lessons. That wasn't a Seth thing. I didn't hear it from Seth. You're just saying that now? No, no, it's true. You know, he's better than you, right? It's a, I- <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm painfully aware <laughs> every moment <laughs> I heard that from Alex Knoll. Really? Yeah. Whatever happened to Alex Knoll? He got out of, you guys kicked him out of ASOG because he goes of douchebags. I could have told you that already. He was, he brought some spiciness to the group. That's a fact. That's a fact. He used to do those live streams in his truck, his Raptor. Cause of course he has to drive a Raptor. <laughs> Envision the typical Raptor owner. That's Alex Knoll. He's like, <laughs> you think he listens to the podcast? Oh hell no, he doesn't. You kidding me? I don't think he likes. Do you want to send a listen. copy of this one to him though? Yeah, what's that? I'm not insulting him. Why are you guys making it seem like I'm insulting him? <laughs> Dude's gonna show up. I know <laughs> he would show up at my shop. You kidding me? Just to kick my ass? Are you kidding me? He would absolutely show up. He was very high strung. Yeah, he, he seemed it. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was super chill, but I don't know. He did not seem super chill, right? Like he was like he was like like uh, think of like the the a your 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 prototypical like lead tech like hardcore. I can turn a hundred hours. I'm better than you. Like at at being a tech, like the like the a personality type. Like that. That's that's him. And and that's really common in our industry. It right? is. It, it it is a very very common thing, and and some of the greats are there, and and maybe that's why some of the greats aren't really good on the front counter. I think a lot of them tone it down, and maybe he has. I mean, he's super successful in a yeah. beautiful shop. He does beamers only, um, and he's he's got some funny YouTube videos out there too. Like. So he he knows what he's doing. Like I'm, I'm trying to disparage him, or whatever. But he, like personality wise, he was intense, <laughs> and I am not. So <laughs> I don't know. You're pretty intense most days. Intense? Yeah. Okay. No, no. No. Oh, the, I'm sorry. The word I was looking for, annoying. That's it. I mean, that might be true. But I'm just saying. Like I'm never. Like it's hard for me to get like like, like intense. I, it's just, it doesn't. Maybe it's apathy. I just like I don't care. I don't that, care. That, that, that is the answer of the day. I don't care that it, that describes him beautifully. <laughs> I, I heard some intensity talking about Colorado earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's not intensity. That's just, that's passion. You see what I'm saying? 
Like, I, I just, yeah, they ruined the city. So it was a nice city. You guys been to Denver? Oh, yeah. Before they ruined it? Yeah. I haven't been there since, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was an awesome city. Like, the weather's really nice, and people are nice, and there's lots of stuff to do downtown. And, hey, isn't Damien? And then it got ruined. Isn't Damien and Nathan, aren't they both from? Who's Nathan? I know Damien. I don't know who you're talking about. Anyway. <laughs> you're such an ass to me. Yeah, the last time I was there, it snowed in September. Great weather. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, what the hell? Exactly. What's that? Snowed in September. Snow. I mean, I don't want to. I'm moving somewhere. It's like warm. two. It's like oh. something like 300 days of sunshine a year. It is. It's true. And, so, yeah, you get three feet of snow, but then you have sunshine the rest of the yeah. time. And it's, yeah, it's cold, but it's not that cold. And it's hot, but it's not that hot. It's nice. Denver's nice. It's cool. It is. And it then is. it got ruined. You should ask him about his political beliefs. Or as Stewie would say, it got ruined. You remember that, South Park? It's ruined. From what? Oh, my God. If you don't, or a uh, family guy, not South Park. See, you're confusing me with the references. Oh, I know. You poor thing. So, what's the plan moving forward? Right? He already has that. I know. They but said I they wanna, didn't know. Well, now, they're hey, going to get a notice. I want to know. I guess our plan is just to continue with what we're doing, you know, right. I mean, uh, probably focus more on the European side of it. Right. Um, just trying What's your exit plan? When are you going to get out? Yeah, that, that's that's what I'm asking. What oh. The management strategy from here. What's the management <laughs> plan for the shop? <sighs> we're we still figuring yeah, it out. Yeah, I haven't actually figured out the exit plan yet, to be honest. Right. Um, There's a shop down the street in my town. In like a prime location, like it is awesome location. Tons of street traffic. The guy, one man shop, little air conditioner in the office. He never expanded past that. He never pushed himself to do like anything with that. And after forty seven years, just closed up. Hmm. He just hung a sign and said thank you, closed for after forty seven years, and then that was it. Yeah. Two and- generation business down the street from my shop as well. Two generations. And it wasn't going to go to the third. They sold the shop out to another guy who was, like, buying shops up left and right. Hmm. And they just didn't want to do it any longer. They didn't have an exit plan. And they're like, I'm just going to bow out. And really, they sold it for the real estate because the real estate's, I mean, it's worth some money. But the business itself, it's like, I mean, he does maybe eight or 900000 a year. It's a nice shop. He really should be doing $2 million out of that space. And he could absolutely own the area. But I don't know. It's always something. You know, couldn't find text. That was the can't find any text. Can't find any text. Like the, um, I'm fully staffed. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> there's, I'm overstaffed at this point. There's a number of owners who have gone through life and said, "I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out." And what they end up with is they get burnt out. So the business declines. So now the business is not worth nearly anything. The equipment ages out. So it's not like somebody wants to buy it for that. And the clientele slowly moves away because they're not doing the job they should be doing to serve the client. And so they banked all of their retirement in selling this shop, and there's nothing there. Yeah. Sometimes right. there's real estate. Yeah, but I mean, even then, like, still, if you could have a business that has a much higher value, yeah, it, you walk away with more money. I, I could never imagine buying a business at full value. Right. Well, I, I, I guess my point to them is this. That is, sounds like a nightmare. Did you guys start from nothing or oh, yeah. did you? Oh, yeah. 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 
Yeah, first shop had no lifts in it. Nothing. It was, you know, oh, yeah, we were pulling, pulling transmissions, transmissions with no lifts on my back. Oh, dude, I was there. Yeah. I was there. I was taking NV4500 out of a Dodge pickup on my back, literally mm-hmm. having other people take bolts out. And I was picking them up on my back and walking back <laughs> and lowering down so they get the transmission out, you know? Yeah. That's yeah, badass. Yeah. Were you doing that? Yeah, well, were you right there? I wasn't, you, I wasn't oh, bench yeah. pressing it. Right? <laughs> For me, it yeah. was like a Honda Accord. Yeah, it was. Like transmission out of on the ground. Yeah, yeah, it was. Good times. Why would you do a transmission without a lift? Why would you do that? You had to start somewhere. Why transmissions? Why wouldn't you be like, hey, I'm going to do maintenance on the ground? You like doing things the complicated way. Because you don't know. Right? At the end of the day. What are you talking about? They're capable of replacing a transmission. So there's some knowledge there. Step one, put the car on the lift. Of course. Absolutely. But my point is, is that you just don't know. To say no, you don't know to walk away from certain things. You feel yeah. like, hey, this is going to take the business away from us if we don't just say, right? Like, you, you just don't yeah, realize. Maybe. Saying no is honest, hard. That it is. is a hard thing to learn. Yeah. Honestly, it's the most valuable we, thing you can learn. When we started out, it was, uh, you know, um, we got to get paid on this job so we can do that oil change this afternoon. Right. <laughs> exactly. Mean, we, did, we started with nothing, with nothing basically. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, I've been there. Right. But like the, that's what, that's what I'm saying though. I couldn't like, they're ready to sell. And let's say they got the business that's just like humming and I'm not going to go in and pay them on like what the business is worth. Like I wouldn't want to do that. (laughs) You wouldn't, but there's a lot of organizations that are doing that. Look at, look at the body shop industry right now. You think that's the way it's going to go though? You think these like private equity firms are going to come in and snatch up shops? Like who's going to run these shops? There's a lot of people banking on that. There's a lot of people banking Banking on on some private equity firm to come in and snatch. BlackRock's going to come get us. They're going to take care of us. That's insane. Ask Mike Allen. That's his, that's his game plan. (laughs) To sell. No, no. See, that's different. So Mike Allen grew it to three shops. Yeah. And so he's, and he's got a business partner, right? So, not I mean, any, he couldn't. Not anymore. Oh, he, he bought it. He bought him out. Yeah. So he's got now three locations. Now, now a, uh, a chain would want to come in and snatch up either the brand name and say, we're going to buy this and we're going to keep them this brand or whatever, because he's not directly involved, but a single location. Yeah. No, not single location. No way. No way. But but so what's the option for the shop owner then who doesn't want to grow it to two or three or four locations? Well, I, I think you if you don't want to grow to that, then you need to set up a destination of what that looks like. You need to know at least where you're going. Even if you if you don't want to be multi-location, then you still got to say, OK, but who was it that was telling you not to meddle, not not to like, you know, dabble, not right. to dabble. Like like and so to me, it makes sense. You guys would be dumping money into real to your retirement accounts, yeah, buying exactly. real estate, looking at commercial properties. Let's figure out where this income is going to come from in 15, 20 years when exactly. I want to get the hell out, yeah. as opposed to I'm going to build this business up. But that's not what these coaches are ta- teaching people. Like, oh, right. you can build this business up and sell it and make sure you're netting 20%. Yeah. And if you're netting 20%, some, you can some, get three to five years of revenue. Some coaches are teaching that right some some coaches are teaching to prepare yourself for the next 20 years right and so my message to you guys would be have a destination all right like where do we want this to end up because here's the thing about destination is it's not just about having the financial planning to know where you're going destination is what keeps you from burning out destination knowing what the plan is knowing where the exit door is right knowing exactly where you need to be at each stage 
is what keeps you from just falling apart and saying, I, I hate these customers. I hate this shop. I, right. Like you, um, I don't hate my customers. I've got great customers. He just doesn't like to talk to them. Exactly. I just want to talk to them <laughs> and I don't want to work on their cars. You just want to wave at them from like the back of the shop. Yeah. Hey, Smile I appreciate the money. <laughs> he they does pay look me. a lot like a penguin, doesn't he? I, I got to smile and wave. Smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. Oh, from the Madagascar. Yeah. See? I got to be honest. At 4 o'clock, the end of the day, if I'm walking into the office and I see a customer in there, uh, there's a lot of times I turn around and say, yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Sorry, sorry Ashley. <laughs> yeah, it can, it can be hard to stomach, right? Like, it can. You, you've had a rough day. Things are not going the way that you planned. No, Even if no. They he's are. just saying it's 4 o'clock. Like, he's tired. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. No, it's exhausting. Right. It's exhausting. It is. He enjoys it. Don't let him. He doesn't. No. You're that personality be, type. You're energized. Even if yeah. you enjoy it. Well, the, the problem is with my personality type, I care so much about what other people think that I push myself so hard. That's that, probably true. That, that by the end of the day, much, the fuel like, tank is empty. Right? And so I'm just like, I can't anymore. <laughs> it's all your fault, David. It is my fault. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. We'll hug it out later. No, we won't. <laughs> but you can buy dinner. My it's flight here. got canceled. <laughs> I need a hotel room. <laughs> you can stay with Cecil. He lives there. I want to be the big spoon. <laughs> no, there, no way that's happening. I've seen what the people. Yeah, listen. Hey, at is- le- I don't have an entire client base that's based on the fact that I'm a bear as they call david in kansas city what we have we have a very vibrant uh gay and lesbian community in kansas city and we are lgbtq plus friendly <laughs> we are it's on my google my business page sounds like you got an exit plan for tonight <laughs> <laughs> he does i'm leaving <laughs> i get calls from the uh the search engines i think one of them is like gayborhood is that what it's called you ever heard of it no no. So like they're <laughs> it's, so is it just odd? Am I the only one that feels it's odd that he knows? <laughs> what? So I, I get these calls from me. the All right, David. We're well, not here to judge. <laughs> Listen, buddy, it'll be okay. So they, they, I, I get these calls from the, these search engines, and I think I think one of them is called Gabriel Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Completely okay without what? doing that. <laughs> Why won't you search it? Anyway, and, oh, and they, they will. Up on your they, phone. Yeah. <laughs> no, right? It's favorited. What the hell? Yeah, neighborhood. <laughs> no, that did not bring up what I was looking for. Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is right here. <laughs> the number one trusted resource for the gay community. And so uh, they, if they type in, it's like it's like Yelp or, you know, <laughs> but it's, it's targeted to gay, gay and lesbian uh, people. And so if you're on there, it tends to, you know, funnel and. So I, I get calls from the, these these websites that are like, "Hey, would you like to get featured here?" It's fairly inexpensive, and I I don't have a problem at all with that. It's just you and your personality make that a much more amusing concept. That's all. S and J Automotive. There you go. Gang lesbian friendly. I, I I didn't realize that I had to put that on my website or say something for them to know that. You have, now in this yeah. environment, you have to I put it on I can understand that. I can understand that. Yeah, that's true. There, people are specifically you know, looking for that. It was actually really surprising to us when we moved to the coast and we have that community come to our shop a lot. Right. And people are like, 
it's so refreshing to be treated like a human. And we're like, what now? Right. Like I and didn't realize there were. The, yeah, right? what you, yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> that That's crazy to me. And I, I'm, I'm sure there's places like that, but I mean, like. It I was, it, I mean, we were like taken aback by it because yeah. you don't. I mean, it's just absurd to think something like that is still so prevalent. I, I guess I have some uh, maybe libertarian thought processes that really say like, hey, you do you boo-boo. It's none of my business. As long as what you do doesn't affect me, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, live your life and be happy. I want people to be happy. That's my right. that's my game plan. I'm so. just here to work in your car. <laughs> exactly. I don't care what you do in your car. It's none of my business. Dude, you make me super nervous. <laughs> My Blinkist account is going to renew. It's a hundred bucks a year. Your what? Blinkist. What is that? It's so like it's books in fifteen minutes. So oh, like, I remember you telling me about. Yeah. This. So most books are like written for fluff. I mean, they're just it's ninety percent fluff, ten percent good content, and then they have to tell a story about it on the content, and like so they're making only ten points, and so it'd be faster and easier if they just went through those ten points, and then that's it. What are the key takeaways from this book? That's all I want to hear. And then move on <laughs> to the next book. And so you can bang through like all sorts of books. This is how if he in, fixes cars too. In okay. 15 <laughs> minutes. Give, give me the silver bullets. I just need to know what's wrong with it. Okay. Just tell me what's wrong with it. I just need to no, oh, no. that bolt. I'll turn that. Okay. Cool. Got it. I, I need to know how that works. They don't give you that information. Theory of operation is really difficult to find. It is. It really is. And if there was anything like. In that conversation the other day on LinkedIn where they were like, oh, it's proprietary information. If there was anything that I want from them. It's theory of operation. Theory of operation. Why does that controller do what that controller does? Mm -hmm. I don't care why. How is it supposed to work? Exactly. Yeah. Right? Because, I mean, like, how many times have you been in a car that an injector shut off Mm -hmm. for some crazy other problem? And you're like, okay, is the injector off or is the driver bad? How am I going to verify this? Right? Like, no, I, I need that information and and was it eti 2021 that we learned that because they're like hey don't know if you know this or not that's not ours huh yeah that's not the service information yeah Yeah. so the engineer kind of writes out what the the always told us is the engineers write out like the the way it's supposed to work and the, the breakdown or whatever and then they hand it to a writer and the writer doesn't know and the writer's like, well, I'm going to dumb this down to mechanics language. And so they leave a lot of stuff out. They don't yeah, they explain out in detail. Like there's a lot of missing content in there because of the translation from engineer speak to mechanic or yeah, whatever they they perceive that needs to be. Well, what I was going to bring up was the fact that many of these modules aren't their modules. They didn't write the software. They bought the Oh, module. yeah. That's the other thing too. Yeah. Right. They bought the module. They don't know what's on it. They just know it works. Right. And the yeah. car runs. And, and so what... I found more about that this last time we were at ETI because somebody was telling me like, Hey, I don't know if you know this, but the people who write those modules speak in other languages. We, they send us information and it's got like random words that aren't even accurate. It's like some of the manuals you read from other countries, the words aren't right. And he said, so you don't really know. And and he's like completely just random words in the middle of something that's very important. We don't know what it does. You know that, right? <laughs> I'm like, huh? Okay. That's In other words, we're screwed. Yeah, exactly. All right. We blame engineers Uh-oh. entirely. Uh-oh. <laughs> She's like, I accept this. I know. I, listen. Yeah, she waves. <laughs> You know in the movies when somebody says like, hey, I'll, I'll leave and 
whatever needs to happen happens. I'm going to walk out. You're, 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 you're none of my business. Um, I, I would like to come back in, in six months or a year and talk about this a little bit more and see if you guys have found a little more refined definition of where it is you want to be in a few years. I think that would be really cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. I like that. This has been a blast, guys. Give us a little Thank incentive you. to That's it. That was my time. thought, right? Is let's let's sit back down and talk about what your destination is. What not even necessarily what the exit plan is, but where are we going? What do we hope to achieve? What do we want it to look like? You know? Now that I have built the shop, I don't man, I feel completely lost. Once it's done, I'm not gonna know what to do. Like I've been working towards this vision for all these years and now I'm like, shit. <laughs> Building the shop. Who gave me that cockamamie idea? That was stupid. See, this is why some people buy turnkey businesses. <laughs> Not yeah, to build exactly. a building? You skip all that part. Exactly. Building a building? No. no you just no. lease the building. It, listen, Seth. I, would, he couldn't lease a building, but. Seth would have built that building in two days. <laughs> Seth would have built that building in two days because he would have been smart enough to hire a contractor and just let them deal with it. Hey, David. He would have just cut the check. Can I borrow some money? Well, see, listen. That's why it looks so easy to him because he just pays for things. Yeah. He's what? super successful. That's why. Three business, three shops. All your own. When are you going to learn to be super successful? What's that? Uh, I don't plan on it. Oh, okay. I plan on dying poor and destitute. Hey, but your wife will be rich after you're dead. She will be, as long as I don't jump out of a plane doing it. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the ASOG podcast. Before I let you go, I need to ask you a question. Are you using the best innovative shop management system in the country? If you doubt that you are, why are you making your life harder? Shopware stays one step ahead of everyone else by bringing a clean, easy-to-use program unlike anything else on the market. Go to GetShopware.com and see what I mean today. That's GetShopware.com. Check it out. Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.